In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you, no scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. Thanks for trenching in. Today's guest is Ryan Maglione. He's the SVP of Global Commercial Talent Acquisition and TSP for Cineos Health. Ryan and I met a little over 15 years ago through a mutual friend, Peter Clare, as we both were preparing to deploy really the first generation of telemetries uh, technology. And so that's where we got to know each other as we were kind of out to market, out in the industry. Um, today, we're going to have the luxury of venturing a little bit outside of the post-acute side of healthcare. Cineos Health is a global $5 billion biopharmaceutical services and solutions company based here in the U.S. in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, with more than 29,000 employees uh, globally. They hire a lot of clinical talent, nurses, patient educators, medical science liaisons, and some pharmacy talent as well. And so Ryan and I are going to dig into that and, and much, much more. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Excited about uh, TA in the trenches. Yeah, totally, man. And uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, this one for quite some time. Gives me yeah. a chance to, to kind of stretch uh, again a little bit outside of the acute, uh, uh, post-acute space, uh, which is primarily where the guests have been so far. And so I guess maybe just a, a little bit of high-level high educa education. When someone says they work in life sciences, and I know you've been in life sciences for over 20 years now, maybe, maybe closer to 25, as long as I've known you anyways. Well, what does that actually mean? Like what branch of healthcare is that? And, and what does that mean to, to, you know, the layman? Yeah. So, so for us, you know, the definition of life sciences, we do throw that term around a lot. And, and sometimes it's not always defined the same way, depending on the audience. But for us, life sciences really is, um, you know, the industries that, that make up life science for us is really typically pharmaceutical, biopharmaceutical, um, biotechnology, medical device, and diagnostic companies. Mm. So, so really the manufacturers of products in the life science space, those that research and develop and manufacture um, pharmaceutical, medical device, or diagnostic type products. Um, that is what makes up the life sciences audience for us. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, it's interesting you say, and I think it's an important question because depending on who the, the definer is of that term, they might expand or even contract that definition of it. Hmm. Now, Sinios, uh, you know, you've got, you know, a little you know, close to 30,000 employees. Can, can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about just the, at the highest level, like the talent acquisition team? How big is that yeah. team? And, and I know it's a global operation, you know, kind of give us a sense of, of uh, you know, kind of maybe where you sit within that uh, ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. We, um, so we are a team um, of, well, so organizationally, we're about 29,000 employees, as you put it. 
we've really grown um, significantly over the past few years, both mm-hmm. organically and through acquisition, as we round out um, our total solution to our customers. Uh, and, and that customer base being the pharmaceutical biotech and, and device and diagnostic organizations. Um, RTA organization is structured where we are aligned by um, our functional solutions um, to some degree. But let me be clear, we also matrix environment behind the scenes as well. So we have a we have a commercialization division of our organization. We have a clinical research organization of our, of our organization. Um, and then we have a medical affairs and technology and data organization. So um, we're really looking at total solutions as an organization for our customers and providing a single solution. But we have point of solutions as point solutions as well that mm-hmm. we organize our TA function around. Um, in total, our organization, um, our TA organization approaches about 400,000. I'm, resp- uh, I'm sorry, 400 employees. Yep. Um, I'm responsible for about 200 of those employees on the commercial technology and data solutions and um, and related areas of medical affairs. Big shop. So like in 2022, which we're just leaving, like how, how many fills does that equate to? Like how, how much activity is going on inside of that shop? Yeah. So, so in total, um, I believe our organization is close to uh, about 10 plus thousand hires in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a big growth year in 2022, which is a big part of that. Um, my area of our 200 employees for the divisions that I support. Um, and we have a, you know, one thing I didn't mention, we have a talent consulting arm okay. um, for our customers as well, because a lot of the work we do is consulting and advisory services, um, as well as other aspects of our business. Wow. So one of the things we do is help our customers um, really think through the talent aspect of a commercial launch hmm. of a product or things like that. So in total, we did about um, just shy of 6,000 hires in 2022. Wow. Do you get involved yeah. in some of that consulting or is that like a, that's I a do. different, oh, wow, that's neat. I do, which is pretty neat yeah. because, you know, we have a whole um, business unit dedicated to, dedicated to life science consulting and advisory mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. And that covers areas, everything from um, if, you know, those who are familiar with the life sciences or pharmaceutical industry, market access and medical affairs strategy and, mm-hmm. you know, and how you bring a product to market. And, um, and one of those things is critical around talent and how they build their commercial model around talent. Okay. And so, so that's one of the areas that I focus on, everything from thinking about their assessment model to the organizational design through their execution of building that, that team. Wow. Process yeah. the tech and, you know, you know that's kind of right. to nuts. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, right. that's great. So, um, you know, I guess when, when you're looking ahead here into 2023 a little bit and, um, I think uh, you know most uh, TA leaders are in the throes of planning and pivoting based upon mm-hmm. you know the market you know et cetera. Um, you know what what just to kind of give us a sense, what are some of maybe the harder to fill roles that that exist mm-hmm. inside of your ecosystem that you're really kind of needing to dig in and, and plan more intensely around in 2023 yeah. to fill for your customer base? You know it's 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 an interesting. It's an interesting point, Matt, because, you know, every year we go through this, you know, this planning strategy discussions and we look at where some of our most complicated um, and complex hiring streams or channels were in in the year prior Mm -hmm. and the years prior. Mm -hmm. Um, What's interesting is uh, what we found over the last 15 years. I've been at Sinus Health for about 15 years. I've been in the industry for about 25. Mm -hmm. And um, what we found is even in labor markets that um, have high unemployment, 
you know, and I think your audience can, 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 can relate to this as well. Healthcare talent, whether it's nurses or doctors or, you know, you name it. In our case, it's medical affairs personnel, which can be nurses, pharmacists and related backgrounds in education. Mm-hmm. That unemployment rate never seems to rise above 2%. <laughs> right. um, yep. You know, no matter what the unemployment rate is in yep. the, uh, the, the overall you know, broad economy. Um, so one of the things that we've realized is, you know, paying attention to the broad market landscape um, of labor markets mm-hmm. sometimes isn't as important as really focusing on your particular areas of focus, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, high volume or complex talent types. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, um, you know, what we've learned is, number one, we have a big presence in sales and marketing okay. um, for the life sciences industry. and. A lot of the volume that we do is um, very high technical sales and marketing individuals. So folks in sales and oncology product therapeutic areas and orphan and rare disease products. Mm -hmm. Um, So the unemployment rate and where are we strategizing to say, how do we how do we build talent? within the organization versus always looking to go out and buy talent. Mm-hmm. So instead of going out to your competitors and grabbing, you know, an yeah. oncology sales leader or manager or, you know, rep or yeah. whatever, how, how do you kind of grow that inside of your ecosystem? Hmm. That's right. And it's a, it's a difficult balance to, to, to strike because, mm-hmm. you know, you can only grow so many of those types of talents within, mm-hmm. um, but you need to have a true dedication from executive level down to ensure you're focused and, and invested in developing talent. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we're trying to do in part of our 2023 strategy is mm-hmm. that not that we haven't done it in the past, but how do we do more of it in the high volume skill sets and in the complex or hard to fill, even if they're not high volume, mm-hmm. because we know that talent's not available in the marketplace. Um, how do we make sure we're looking for the foundational skills within the organization and then developing that talent into mm. those complex roles. Are, are you finding, and so like, let's, let's pick on maybe an, you know, an oncology sales, you know, person who, you know, I'm, I'm sure from a revenue perspective, you know, driving a ton mm-hmm. of value for a, a lot of, you know, organizations that specialize, you know, in that, are you talking about going, um, you know, kind of outside of the healthcare industry as a whole and maybe going over into tech or something and pulling people in? Are you talking more about like, hey, we're we're um, grabbing folks that have the right pedigree or internships out of school and basically building them from the ground up to the Cineos way or a mixture of both? It's a mix. Yeah, it's a great, great point. And it's really a mixture of both Mm. because it has to be. Mm -hmm. you know, going into one of those channels isn't quite enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second part is not only is it not quite enough, it may not be as effective. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we are looking at both. We're looking at try to identify a certain percentage of roles within the organization, whether it be in our medical affairs area, whether it be in our um, technology and data science and data solutions business, or whether it be in our sales and marketing arena mm-hmm. um, and saying, okay, let's identify where we can increase our percentage of early career talent mm-hmm. um, and then where we can increase our percentage of what we call non-traditional talent. Mm-hmm. They might be experienced, but they're experienced in a, in a different way or in a different industry yeah. that we can cross those set those skills over into our industry. Sounds a lot like, you know, what, what we're facing on the acute post-acute side as it relates to mm-hmm. nursing and just, you know, the, 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 you know, total addressable market just isn't there. And, and so, you know, got to figure out how to grow and then, you know, I guess potentially also pull experienced folks in that maybe have, yeah. you know, uh, uh, from other industries. So I, I guess as you, um, you know, kind of go through that planning um, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, kind of work with 
your your leaderships and I guess in your case, you know, also your customers. It's super exciting to know that you do some some consulting uh, as part of your role. I think that that's pretty unique for a, a head of TA and 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 uh, I think a great way to probably stay pretty connected to the market. Um, are you, um, I guess, aligning with them on a you know 2023 demand plan? Meaning like, hey, in 2023, we know we need X of this, Y of this, Z of this, and mm-hmm. here's where that talent's going to come from. Do you, do you get that sophisticated in your, your data approach or, or how do you, how do you engage, you know, in getting aligned with the business? Yeah, it, it, we do get that sophisticated when it comes to making that plan and trying to be really, you know, um, really rigorous with the data to determine where are we going to grow? What segments are we invested in? Um, where do we see the biggest turnover occurring mm-hmm. if we were to project out from a, mm-hmm. from a, you know, a projection perspective in certain markets or in certain therapeutic areas or in certain functional areas. Um, but, but we've done that every year, both here at Sinus Health that I've been here for 15 years and in my prior companies. Mm-hmm. The truth is, it's only 50, it only becomes 50% of the formula. Because mm-hmm. um, the other 50%, as I think all of us know in TA, are the unexpected. Yeah. Um, and you always have to, you know, you have to keep your knees bent mm-hmm. in our business to know that you have to be nimble in your recruitment organizational structure, but also in your planning. Mm-hmm. Um, Know that you have a plan so you can always go back to it, but expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. And, and so we do that rigorous assessment of where we plan to grow, um, where do we see the biggest challenges in, in the labor market um, for the skill sets that we're looking at. But then we, we build in 50% unexpected or some yeah. percentage yeah. where we know we need to be nimble. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's a big part of our planning because... Listen, having a strategy for flexibility and nimbleness and scalability mm-hmm. um, is candidly to us um, more than half the battle mm-hmm. in, in our business. So you get this demand, you know, structure kind of at the beginning of the year, and then you know you're constantly iterating on that, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, monthly, quarterly, you know, aligning yeah. with the business, how we tracking against this plan. Um, and, and with that amount of slack in the system, you know, 50%, let's just let's argue that. Um, how, do, how do you build a TA model, an org structure that can match that nimble nature of what you're trying to accomplish? I mean, are you using, um, you know, gig workers? Are you, are you somehow, you know, being able to, to create talent dial up and dial down? Or is that not an issue when the plan actually meets the, you know, meets the day-to-day grind? Yeah, yeah. So I think it, it, it's, it's all of those things. But let me, the, the core of our success has been around. Um, you know, nimble structures. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have dedicated teams to functional areas, um, to regions, but we have secondary responsibility. And what I mean by that is one of the things that we've done really good as an organization, and it took us some time to figure out the best way to do this, mm-hmm. is we do employee experiences within our TA team. And what that is, is um, in 2022, we had almost 30% of our team did a what we call employee experience, where we give them rotations. Okay into other geographies and into other skill sets that we know are likely to be high demand um, or complex hiring mm. um, structures. How does that rotation so, work? I just, I like yeah. take a period of time and I, I go into that or how, how does that work? Like just yeah. technically speaking. Yeah. So what we do is we identify um, high need areas mm-hmm. um, in the beginning of the year. And what we do is we we identify talent within the organization um, 
recruiters, sourcers, researchers, um, coordinators, you know, true hiring teams mm -hmm. that we want to move into different areas or aspects of the business to gain experiences. Mm -hmm. And we put them there for six months, um, typically six months. Um, there's been shorter, typically not shorter, usually mm -hmm. six months to a year. Mm -hmm. And we gain, we gain ex make sure they gain experiences. Now, one, it's developmental for the individuals. Sure. And that's really important to us to continue to develop the skills and the experiences of our team. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a geography, um, it could be you know, hey, we have somebody in the U.S. We're gonna we're gonna have them work out of you know, our U.K. Mm -hmm. division for a yeah. period of time, um, or it could be they're part of our sales and marketing functional area, but we want them to go in our technology and data science group mm -hmm. and gain that experience of recruiting talent and what the challenges are, and that makes them a little bit more well-rounded as recruiter as well and, and a TA specialist. So. Typically six months, we select these folks, um, they earn the right to, and, and the experience, and then we rotate them in. And then sometimes we keep them there for a period of time if, mm -hmm. that, if, that, if that nimbleness is needed, mm -hmm. or we move them back into another role um, as we need to. So it, it solves a couple of things. One, it gives them developmental opportunity, mm -hmm. um, makes them more well-rounded, even if they go back to the role. Um, secondly, it helps the business um, because it's bringing different thinking to different parts of the organization. Mm -hmm. um, thirdly, it helps us to be nimble. Mm -hmm. So when we have mm -hmm. to put together a sprint team um, of TA specialists, we know that, hey, it's a medical affairs initiative. We know we have these five additional talents that will move over into medical affairs should we get that type mm -hmm. of opportunity. We need to scale up quickly. Yeah. Um, that's what helps us to be really scalable internally are these what we call employee experiences or rotations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And, and I'm sure that, um, you know, well, I'm not sure, but I, I would imagine from just an ability for you to retain your talent acquisition talent, your 140 plus talent, just knowing yeah. that, that you've got that level of thought around career pathing and, and that type of thing um, yeah. you know, is probably huge. Are you facing, uh, you know, like some folks maybe are facing in healthcare, some out migration or, or like what's, uh, what are you seeing in the market as it relates to talent acquisition, mm -hmm. talent specifically? Talent acquisition, talent specifically. Yeah. yeah I mean, we've, um, uh, I have a, I always have to give this plug because I have a tremendous leadership team. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I have a team of 10, uh, directors, um, that are really focused on, the talent within their teams mm -hmm. and not only building the right structure for success and, and, and partnering that with technology, but developing and engaging and, and, and giving our recruitment team experiences that hopefully they would get nowhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that includes leadership um, as well as well-rounded talent acquisition experience, whether it be moving to branding and marketing or recruiting operations and technology or onboarding. Um, so we're giving them all the different experiences that we hope will retain them, but also make them more valuable for our organization. Mm -hmm. um, we were lucky over the past several years to have a really good retention rate. I will say, um, I think like all of us, we saw some rise in that in that in that turnover in 21, 22. Um, but we feel really good about the retention of our top talent within our organization. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to do. I'll be the first to say, as a TA leader for 20 years plus, um, you know, it's it's something that's really important, and it is the Candidly, if you can retain your team um, and develop your team, um, your success rate, I think, is much higher as a as a as a as a mm -hmm. TA leader yeah. and a TA function. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that um, you know, when when you think about you know just the the evolving skill set 
as well yeah. in the talent acquisition domain. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, we're at a moment in time here in, in February where, you know, chat G- GPT just hits the market. And the reality is, is for some of the work that we do, you know, day in and day out, the email copy, some outreach copy, um, there is some interesting innovation there that, you know, probably is going to begin to disrupt how sourcers and even recruiters engage with parts of their job. How do do you keep the team fresh on, you know, that outer edge of what's kind of happening with the, the, the tech? And, you know, I guess how much of your role do you spend in kind of thinking about how to kind of optimize that team, you know, through a, a, a tech or process lens? Yeah, it's, it's really important because, I mean, I think everybody here, um, I'm sure your audience would agree, certainly Matt, you and I have been here before, you know, TA organizations and all organizations are always tasked with doing, you know, more with less. Mm-hmm. And technology is a key, you know, it can be a, a really important partner in that, in that success. And, but Striking that balance is really important when it comes to talent. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned, um, listen, I would suggest probably the hard way in some cases and, and in some cases not, where you can't overuse technology with talent. Mm-hmm. And AI is really important to us. Um, it's the question of how you balance it and how you use it is, is kind of our philosophy right now. Um, how do you complement the personal experience? Mm-hmm with AI mm-hmm. versus replace the personal experience yep. with AI. Yep. And I think, um, you know, I think, you know, again, your audience here being all about healthcare. I mean, um, there's not a day you look at the labor market demand and realize that we are all working in a space where there will always be an incredible competition for talent mm-hmm. in our space mm-hmm. and losing the edge on that personal touch, um, could impact your ability to deliver talent on time for mm-hmm. your organization. And so how do you, our, our, our key initiative 2022, but it's, it's really leaking into 23 is how do we complement our personal, the personal experience and that talent engagement with technology and AI mm-hmm. versus replacing that. And, and that's what we're really looking at in 2023. And, and we're putting in new technologies as we speak, we'll be launching April 1st with new technologies or talent suite mm-hmm. um, to make sure that we're thinking about AI, but also the the the, the talent engagement and, and, and candidate experience mm-hmm. as it relates to our organization. Are, are there some spots in the, you know, I guess the, the process or kind of in your ecosystem that, you know, you're really excited about, you know, machine learning, AI, or advanced automation kind of impacting the the day-to-day life of a recruiter or sourcer? Yeah. One of the things that I think is really interesting, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, I could talk to you about the days when we were faxing resumes, right? right? You know, black grade stuff. So let's type that conversation at some point. Um, I think, uh, I think one of, one of my recruiters said to me, uh, it was a funny conversation, said, can you tell me how you use the fax machine to fax a resume? <laughs> like, how did you even use that? Yeah. Right? Um, so, so it's interesting. I think one of the areas that we are highly focused on is the candidate and talent engagement process mm-hmm. um, and the use of CRM in an automated and AI way. Okay. So, so that's one of the areas that we foresee because, you know, our sourcers and our researchers and our, and our, and our TA team is really good at engaging talent. Mm-hmm. But as you know, um, the right time, the right place is really important with a very custom message. Yep. And, and so we know we can't get to all of that 
um, as a, you know, with, we don't have enough arms and legs to do that the right way at the right time, at the right place, right, with the custom message. So we're looking at the use of AI in our CRM, which is going to be launching in April 1st, tied to our ATS, mm -hmm. to look at really um, utilizing the technology to help mm -hmm. tell us when is the right time, who has engaged with our content, whether it be the career page or whether it be a message that we sent out previously, and then know what information they engage with and what information to send them. So for example, um, we're looking at how do we use, um, so oncology medical science liaisons is mm -hmm. one of the uh, most complicated and complex talents to recruit for our organization okay. in the medical affairs. And even, by the way, and your audience can probably relate to this, oncology nurses mm -hmm. um, yep. is a big area of demand. And we look for those same talents on the, 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 the life sciences side. But getting their attention is not easy. So mm -hmm. how do you really... And, and customizing that message. So what we've realized is um, identifying that talent pool, letting them opt in, but then automating some of the um, interaction mm -hmm. around the messaging. So for example, when our organization is doing some really good consulting work in the oncology therapeutic area, we share some of the content and white papers with these oncology nurses and medical science mm -hmm. liaisons so that they know that we're a thought leader mm -hmm. in that space. But it's but we're using technology to have that interaction. Now, once there's an interest is when we have to balance making sure there's a personal connection. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of the things that we're trying to do with the combination of CRM and AI mm -hmm. um, to keep um, what I'll call the channel of communication open, but still very customized and configured to their, their interests. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, you know, I think that's something that, you know, on the acute post-acute, um, side, you know, probably the most evolved, uh, you know, organizations that are kind of bringing together some of, um, you know, that 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 consumer-based um, research or research that is just, you know, impactful to my career, uh, packaging it in in such a way that doesn't necessarily feel like it has a call to action of a job application and going through some process, but rather, you know, helping me develop or think about um, things. And, and so that's awesome that, that you're working yeah. through that, you know, at scale and, and really segmenting some of those hardest to fill uh, folks and probably nurturing them at, at, a, at a much, um, you know, deeper level. Join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a Knacker membership today free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. So um, switching gears here a little bit, you know, I guess uh, we've got a lot of folks, uh, you know, that listen in that are uh, here all for, also for, you know, personal development. Um, and when you, when you uh, kind of sit in your seat, um, you know, as, as a head of talent acquisition who does some consulting, uh, you know, outside uh, for, for your client base, uh, what's, a, what's a week look like? What's a typical day look like? Where, where do you spend most of your time and, and why do you spend your time on that? Like what, 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 what provides you leverage and, and helps you move your team and your organization forward? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, these are the, the dirty secrets now you want to get to, right? Yeah, let's get there. Uh, what really goes on behind <laughs> the scenes. Um, well, listen, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the most important thing um, as a 
as a as a TA manager or a TA leader um, is to spend time with the people. Mm. I mean, if 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 I'm not spending the majority of my time with our team, with our leadership, and even our entire team, whether it's communicating, um, listening, um, you know, TA is a critical aspect of any business, mm-hmm. and um, and it's important to be engaged with that team on the front lines of who's working with the talent that we're trying to acquire within the organization, but also hear what their challenges are. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a TA leader, um, and, and I will say, you know, one of my, um, you know, one of my New Year's resolutions, uh, right, my, 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 uh, I like to say, is to spend even more time yeah. with my team. And making sure I'm hearing what's happening, listening actively, mm-hmm. um, and and making sure I'm working with my leaders too to make sure that um, I'm listening to them. And mm-hmm. so, so I would say that happens a lot as in my function to make sure that um, that's the key to retaining talent. It's the key to adjusting what we need to do mm-hmm. um, in our strategy because we can build our strategy, but if you just keep running with your strategy and not listening throughout the year, you're bound to get something wrong. Yeah, and so yeah. that's important to us. I'd say the second thing is ensuring that I'm 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 working with the leadership mm-hmm. of the organization mm-hmm. um, to not only educate but to pull them in as true partners and collaborators in the hiring process and mm-hmm. in the talent acquisition process mm-hmm. because it's a team sport mm-hmm. and and not every organization recognizes that mm-hmm. and so so pulling in our leaders um, at every level but 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 starting with the executive level because I think it starts there and and it filters down say, how can you be a true collaborator in the TA process? Mm-hmm. How can you be a team member in our hiring process? Mm-hmm. Not just open a requisition and hope that it gets filled, right? Um, you know, so so that's the other part of the time. And, and try to pull down some hurdles for our team mm-hmm. um, as it relates to organizational challenges that might have we may have in the, in the recruitment mm-hmm. and TA process. Um, so that's the other aspect of, you know, so meeting with managers, yeah. um, ensure that I'm educating. The third piece is candidly, um, you know, making sure that I'm using data to talk about talent with the organization mm-hmm. um, and helping my team to 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 have those conversations mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. their managers and you know and their their partners in the process. So so really having data driven conversations to mm-hmm. have to make sure that they understand what's happening in the marketplace. Um, so that again, I mean, it's part of the whole being a true collaborator in the mm-hmm. hiring process, but making sure that I'm sharing and educating data um, mm-hmm. that's critical to the success of our team and our business as a whole. Yeah. So, like when you when you're going, let's just say, hey, you know, new new VP spins up or new director spins up, and you know, you yeah. you uh, uh, you're going to go in and, and build a relationship with her for for the first time, and and you're gonna right. you're gonna you know talk a lot about talent acquisition. And you're going to be working to build trust, which is consistency mm-hmm. over time. You know, you, you talked about data. What what data do you think um, motivates or helps create that connectivity between the the two parties, you and that that senior leader, your your leadership team, mm-hmm. and then your operations? Is there anything that you're like, hey, listen, like every time I sit down with a leader. I want to make sure that I get these three or four things out that, that we're focused here because of X or Y. Is it, do you have something like that? Or yeah. do you have an approach you like to take when, when you're trying to build yeah. those relationships? Yeah, I do. And, and so building that relationship or rapport with leaders is important for mm-hmm. all of us in the TA organization. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what most what what I I mean, this is a perspective that I've I've gained around data when it comes to leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you can be a consultant to them mm-hmm. around market data and um, and benchmarks, okay, in their specific area, the more that you gain their trust and you gain credibility, and they become a true partner. Mm. So, so market so data is key, mm-hmm. and then benchmarks. Bench- contextualized to them. So like I want everybody to hear that because I think that's a, that's an important nugget. And so you're, you're, you're leveraging talent data that, that then helps them drive business strategy. That's right. And gives them information that they don't know about their own business. Mm. And here's what I've shied away from a little bit. You know, historically, when I talked about data, it was, um, go in and tell them how great we are. Mm. Show them the data. How hey, fast yeah. we fill jobs, yeah. how give them the quality metrics, yeah. right? You know, and I don't, I'm not suggesting I don't still do that. Sure. I do. Um, and our team does. But what I lead with is let me tell you about what we've learned, the data we've gained around compensation of medical affairs personnel uh, mm-hmm. talent in, you know, in the you know, New York market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let me let me show you what's happening with benchmarks of hiring talent within um you know, the, the um, clinical nurse educators mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the marketplace. And there's some benchmarks out there, some data that we can, we can connect with and share with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe some larger, you know, macro labor market data mm-hmm. that would help them inform their, their business, but, but really trying to focus it around their area, um, as close to their areas that, that we can. And then I will always follow up with, and here's how we're hitting yeah, right. um, next to some of the benchmarks yep. that we're seeing out in the industry. And here's how. Here's some things that I would recommend we do differently mm-hmm. in the quarters ahead to get even closer to some of those benchmarks or exceed those benchmarks. Yeah. You know, are you with me on that? Yeah. Right. You know, that kind of conversation. Yeah, I love that, and and I think that's a huge nugget. And and I think for you know any um, you know leader in talent acquisition or aspiring to be leader, um, you yeah. know, really really thinking at it, thinking from a, a consultate you know kind of consulting lens. Uh, which is what you articulated versus like defending your existence, you know, like, Hey, uh, you know, my time to fill is X and that's good because of Y. Well, that sounds great, but I'm still over here, you know, 10 nurses short, you know? And so why is that happening? Right. And, Mm -hmm. And so, uh, um, you know, I, I think the, the other thing that's always very interesting for me kind of in that data discussion, and, and it really is where the, um, you know, the talent acquisition demand comes from absent new growth is the mm-hmm. turnover conversation. Do, yeah. do you find yourself as a talent acquisition leader um, taking mm-hmm. a position on turnover inside of the organization or, or how do you know, sometimes I feel like that's a little bit of a hot potato. Hey, it's the hiring manager's mm-hmm. issue. Hey, it's HR's issue. Hey, it's, but yeah. it's really everybody's. It's a kind of a cultural it, dynamic it, in some sense. But what, what do you as a talent acquisition leader, uh, how do you, how do you uh, uh, position the turnover conversation? Yeah, so, so it is. I agree with you. It's a, it's a, it's a team topic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, everybody's got a hand, a hand in, in turnover. And, and, and TA does as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things that we can do, that we can help with, or, or at least bring visibility to mm-hmm. um, that might help solve turnover in mm-hmm. organizations. Um, so, so we do lock arms with our human resource partners um, and the business leaders um, 
to ensure we're not only measuring it and looking at it, but then trying to analyze anywhere where we believe it's higher than it should be, higher than benchmarks mm -hmm. to say, okay, what can we do as a team? What's happening here, right? Mm -hmm. To analyze what, what's occurring. One of the things that we've put in place is called, you know, recruiting for retention. Um, mm. And we put in place a model called recruiting for retention in areas where we think there's concern mm -hmm. around retention, right? Mm -hmm. And so we we build a model together with our HR partners and our and our uh, business leaders to say let's analyze what we believe is happening. Let's look at the why, mm -hmm. um, but then let's put together um, what we can do on the front end um, that might be able to help increase retention of talent. Mm -hmm. And and so I'll, for example, I mean you know there's simple things like um, you know uh, you know job, realistic job preview. Right, sure. we've heard that term yep. in the past you know, transparency, mm -hmm. realistic transparency of what the role means, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's something we try to do differently mm -hmm. with certain groups because, you know, I'll give you a good example of this, actually, that I think your, your audience can relate to. Um, we don't hire nurses in the healthcare brick and mortar environment, mm -hmm. but we do hire nurses to be in a clinical research role mm -hmm. or in a drug safety or drug information role. Mm -hmm. They need a nursing education background. They need to have worked in a, you know, maybe a therapy, a certain therapeutic category. Um, but we hire them into a pharmaceutical company environment, mm -hmm. right? Where they're providing, um, you know, different types of services or experiences utilizing their education, their experience, but they don't really understand the, the realistic job preview because they grew up in brick yeah. and mortar nursing on a unit they know patient yep. interaction only yeah um so now they've come over into a new experience and the turnover's higher because oh i didn't realize that's what you do mm -hmm. um hmm. you know right because they haven't worked like that if you hire them into another acute care environment they know what acute care is yep. they know what the environment is they know what to expect yeah um so we do something called this realistic preview job transparency um where we give them a true experience mm -hmm. understanding what that job will entail because what we're learning is they didn't really understand the job, therefore turnover occurred. Hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things we do. One of the other things we do is we assess for competencies. We put very, very specific assessment model in place for a certain area, mm -hmm. not just the general assessment model of experiences and competencies, but we're actually now where we see turnover, we put in our recruiting for retention model, which is now we're looking for, we're going to do culture assessment, we're doing mm -hmm. motivational assessment, we're going to do job transparency assessment. And then we're going to do some of these behavioral competencies and experiences. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that that coupled with some other things um, has helped our recruiting team get involved in solving for retention, solving for retention. Um, in certain areas. Yeah. I love that. You know, and, and you know, packaging this idea of, of recruiting for retention and so, yeah. so simple from a, uh, a term perspective. And, you know, to your point, you're, you're kind of, um, uh, you know, creating new and different, you know, off of, you know, maybe existing stuff that, that, that we know works right. in the industry. And so, uh, um, yeah. great conversation, man. So we're at, uh, we're at 40 minutes in. I know, uh, I've got, I've been, uh, gifted, uh, your time today here. I got one, maybe one last question here uh, for okay. you before we jump off. Um, why, why healthcare, man? Like why, why do you stay in the life sciences? You've been doing this for quite some time. Um, yeah. what, what is it for you that, um, keeps you, you know, kind of in this industry and, and allows mm -hmm. us to have this deep conversation here today? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I, I, like many of us, I, I fell into recruitment and talent. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was actually doing a, I, I was required to do a volunteer role in my undergrad for a class that I had. And I ended up, I was hunting quickly for, for a volunteer role because I had to do it in order to pass my class. Yep. Um, and I ended up in a local hospital. Mm-hmm. So I started in a hospital environment where they asked, um, didn't know what I was going to do, but I just knew I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. And they had me recruiting other volunteers mm-hmm. as part of my volunteer work. Mm-hmm. And I immediately loved it. Mm-hmm. I you know, was selling what it meant to, to work in a hospital and volunteer and help patients. And so I had to get down, you know, I, I was, I had to be good at it. Mm-hmm. I had to understand. So that's how I fell into recruiting and I loved recruiting, but I also enjoyed that healthcare environment where I was, I was realizing that everybody that we were bringing into the hospital, mm-hmm. they were doing it for something initially other than money. Yeah. Um, they were doing it to help patients. They were doing it to help, you know, um, the families of patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, every one of their roles tied to something to help others. And, mm-hmm. and to me, it felt really good. So now I was combining, when I eventually got into recruiting, I was combining, I love helping the candidate find a, find a job. Mm-hmm. But I also love helping the customer find an employee that's going to drive their business forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, you, when I partnered that up with healthcare and life sciences, I realized man, I'm not only helping people from a business perspective, help yep. move their, their business forward, help move their career forward. I'm helping them in an environment where they're helping patients. Yep. And just to me, it felt good. Um, yep. Now, the other side of that is I think I would be bored if the skill set was easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've stayed <laughs> in healthcare and, and life sciences because, um, listen, it's it's a complex, uh, you know, it's a complex. A talent acquisition is really complex. It's really sophisticated. Yeah. Not suggesting um, all of talent acquisition in any industry is not complex sure. and sophisticated, but it's sophisticated in a different kind of way where there's never um, there's never an easy moment. Yeah. Um, there's never uh, an easy skill set. Uh, so I do enjoy that. And I enjoy trying to solve those challenges and solve those problems while doing what I said around patience. And um, yeah, for me, it's just been the perfect fit. I just love. Uh, Love the healthcare space and specifically the pharma industry um, and and the complexities of it. Wow, such a uh, such a uh, a blessing to have you on the show here today and and, and gain your perspective. I couldn't agree more uh, with what you said mm-hmm. about working in in talent acquisition and and specifically healthcare, um, regardless yeah. of of where you sit. You know, kind of inside of, of the ecosystem. So, if uh, if folks wanted to engage you, learn more about you know things like uh, recruiting for retention or all of the great things, or or seek employment yeah. uh, at Cineos, so how would they find you? Yeah, please please reach out. I love the engagement of the topic of of talent and recruiting. Um, I could learn something from you as much as I might be able to share something we're doing. And uh, so LinkedIn message will work. I'm pretty active on there. I, at least nice. I better be, right? In, yep. the, in the talent space. <laughs> You're right. Um, but uh, happy to give out my email, uh, ryan.maglione at cineoshealth.com as well. Um, please don't hesitate to, to reach out and love to talk talent with you. Ryan, really appreciate it. You have a great day and thanks for coming on the show. All right. We want to thank you for listening to TA in the Trenches. We are produced by Iron Mike and his team at Ironbound Media. Keep up the great work, team. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn where you'll find quick show riffs. Feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now.